You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you had a great weekend. I know I did. And happy belated Mother's Day to any of you mothers out there. Um, You guys all deserve a big pat on the back for all the work that you do. On today's show, we're going to look at Earl Grant and an article that was written about BC basketball in ESPN. And then I'm going to talk about traditions at Boston College and look at the best and worst tradition at BC football and see what your thoughts are that about that. But before we do, let's chat about the news. So, you know, I always think, like, on the weekends, you're going to expect a lot of news. Uh, but, you know, we're starting to hit the, the back nine on this, this, you know, collegiate year. The kids are about to graduate. You know, we're down to just a handful of teams still alive for sports. And it's kind of wrapping up. But, you know, with recruiting, you figured stuff would happen this weekend. And it was really quiet. There really wasn't a lot of sports news to talk about. We had Paul Theobald enter the transfer portal, and he's one of you know a handful of kids that have now entered it after spring practice. Something I told you was going to happen. You know, we had Matt Valachi. He's at Colorado State. Which um, good luck playing with Steve Adazio again. Uh, Jaleel Berry, who has not found a school yet, and he's still in the transfer portal. And now Paul Theobald. Now Theobald of the three probably had the bigger chance of playing, but still didn't really fit the role that I thought he would play in Jeff Halfley's defense. You know, Halfley's looking for these speedy defensive linebackers, right? So he's got Isaiah Graham Mobley. He's got Cam Arnold. You know, even Bryce Steele. These kids that are a lot of them are converted safeties because he wants speed out there. Theobald didn't really do that. And yes, you need some thumpers out there too, but I feel like there are thumpers on the squad that are a little bit better or could give you more than what Theobald could. And so, you know, he played under Steve Adazio 2019. He had 17 tackles, showed up in every game. I think he played mostly in special teams last year for Boston College. So nothing, nothing, uh, you know, you can't hate on a kid when he does a choice like this. I've said this before, like, you know, Paul Theobald, Jaleel Berry, Matt Valachi, like all three of them would have never played this year. So if you have like a year or two of eligibility left, why not go someplace else and play? And for the people that are going to chirp at me that, you know, oh, you're not a Boston College person if you do that, cut it out. Like these kids that want to get a chance to play. And if you're going to sit on the bench and it's like your last year of eligibility and you can go get a master somewhere else, go do it. It, it's, it makes a lot of sense. So good, good luck to, to that trio of kids. I hope they find what they're looking for. Baseball played again this weekend. We saw them lose two out of three to Pitt. Uh, they won the second part of a doubleheader and uh, they lost the other two. So, I, you know, I I don't want to to harp on baseball. You know, it was fun to cover them for a while. And listen, you know, part of my job is to talk about what you guys are interested in. And I see the, the metrics. <laughs> Once BC Baseball fell off a cliff with, you know, they were just losing and losing and losing. Folks didn't want to talk about them anymore. And I'm not just going to sit here and talk about something just because it needs to be talked about. Now, if BC Baseball is bad, then I'm not going to waste your time talking about it. So I apologize to if there's family members out there that are looking for baseball news. You know, I'm not going to get into it because, you know, 
they're just it after that duke series and that auburn series it feels like this whole season is, is taking a huge nosedive you know they've won a handful of games on those midweek games but they really haven't been very competitive in the acc and they and and i think the toughest part too is it seems like every game that you watch or you follow along with they get a lead and then they blow it and it seems like they've been doing that all year long and it's continuing and it continued this weekend so bc baseball the season's almost over um and it's a shame because as I posted on on the site, Sal Freelick is going to be a mid first round draft pick, and he's he's an incredible he's an incredible talent. You know, he's going to be an outfielder in the major league level, um, and they're not going to be able to 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 build off of that. Now, there's been some disappointments. I I have to say, Mason Pelio has to be one of the biggest. I mean, going into the season as the preseason All ACC pitch, Pitcher of the Year, and he has like an ERA of like seven. Um, you need it. He, he, you know how much this season could have turned around if you had Pelio be that ace starter, and he just wasn't there. Emmett Sheehan, I feel like he did a nice job of filling in. Um, and if you had Sheehan slotted in as your number two with Pelio being dominant, you're in much better shape. And I, I honestly think Alex Stiegler, who has become the number three, would have been good. So I really feel like they missed two big pieces: their bullpen. And and that's that first starter. You need Pelio to be much more consistent. And he just wasn't there. So, uh, baseball's almost over. Softball is almost over. It's it, you know a lot of these seasons are heading off into the off season. So, um, we'll we'll see more about when, when they come back. And when these students come back, I think the big news too. And we I don't know, I don't think I've talked about this. Even if I have, it's worth bringing up again. That the BC has announced that they're they're mandating that all uh, students. And that would mean athletes have to be uh, vaccinated to be on campus unless they have a religious exemption. They're going to have to be vaccinated. So um, all of this talk about bubbles and kids getting pulled out because they're positive. Hopefully that kind of stuff is going to kind of tamper, uh, temper a little bit and uh, we won't have those issues next year. So, you know, I think the weirdness of the 2020, 2021 uh, sports year won't continue into next year and hopefully it'll be much more of a normal experience most likely with a full fan base there to support them i forgot to mention today's episode is brought to you by built bar built bar it's a candy uh, protein bar that tastes like a candy bar in a moment we are going to chat about earl grant and his expectations as a recruiter on campus but let's first, let's go into betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing and you can track it all on BetOnline. Get all your news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, Locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. If you have not done so already, like or subscribe. I heard they changed subscribe on Apple iTunes um, to Locked On wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like our podcast, make sure to give us a five-star review and tell people why you like it. Um, it really does help us grow. And we've had some really great uh, record growth of late. Now, Let's jump into basketball. We haven't talked about basketball in a while because it's been kind of a quiet offseason. We've seen a few names pop in here and there. And Earl Grant has, you know, he's built his staff and it looks like he's ready to hit the ground rolling. But there's, like, you know, there's very uh, understandably a 
lot of hesitancy to dive into this team, just like you know people did with Jeff Halfley. Jeff Halfley, you know, he he grabbed people and like he dragged them in, and like it wasn't hard to get folks engaged in that program. You know, Earl Grant's got a lot more work to do than that because this program has been dead for a while, and he needs to revive them. And ESPN has a series called Sales Pitch that examines the men's college basketball programs at the ACC that have the most and fewest advantages in enticing and transfers to campus. And so they had a whole bunch of their writers answer a bunch of questions. And if you're reading it, it's like a lot of, you know, the Blue Bloods are talking about Duke and UNC and Virginia and Florida State. But they brought up Boston College, and I thought it was a really interesting topic to talk about. So let us let me read you what they had to say. The question was, which ACC school would you identify as a sleeping giant with the ability to establish fresh momentum on the recruiting trail? Writer Myron Metcalf picked Boston College, and here's what he said. I think new Boston College head coach Earl Grant is an intriguing addition to the league. He had success at College of Charleston and was a key assistant during Brad Brownell's first four years at Clemson, where he recruited Gabe DeVoe, Jaron Blossomgame, and other standouts of the Tigers. He's an energetic 44-year-old leader who is trying to boost a program that sits in a hotbed of talent. His school should help him soon with his efforts. Boston College recently announced plans to build a new practice facility which would enhance Grant's efforts and help the program compete with other top schools in the area. Because of BC's challenging past, the bar isn't that high. Any momentum, I think, will feel like fresh momentum at Boston College. Now, take out the part that it sounds like a little bit of a backhanded compliment here where he's kind of saying, you know, BC's kind of dead and you get anything going, it's going to be good. But I think he brings up a really good point and it's something that I've kind of driven home and I'm glad someone on a national level sees it too, is you you look at football we, and you look at basketball. The The difference in recruiting in this area is, is night and day. Football, you get two, three, maybe four recruits in the New England area that are power five level. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit um, harsh. Six, say six. You look at what is available for basketball in this area between Brewster Academy and the Mass Rivals AAU program, and, and you get eight, 10, 12. It, the, it's so much richer, you know, 14, 16 kids, and they're all three, four, or five star kids. And the big issue with Boston College is they're never in the talk for most of these recruits. Now they've gotten the Langford brothers, you know they landed, uh, you know one here or one there. You know Justin Vanderbon was more of a mitter kind, you know like not really a top elite recruit. But you you sense that if Boston College could just become a player in the New England area for recruits and on a consistent basis, that they are a waking giant. And I'm not saying just like they said in this article that they're not going to become you know the top of the ACC. But they could build momentum off of that. Absolutely. You can build your roster off of kids that are at a higher level than what you've been recruiting. Because let's be fair. You look at what Jim Christian brought in and you get your Stefan Mitchell, Jerome Robinson, Kai Bowman, those types. But for the most part, you if I was to look at him, his roster and break down player by player... He whiffed way more than he hit on that roster. And that's that's impossible to build a, a team that can compete if your team is that kind of it, it, so inconsistent, right? You can't you can't compete and build and develop if you have a team full of Vin Baker Juniors, Chris Herron Juniors, 
you know, Jarius Hamilton, who was fine but didn't want to play here. You know, all these players that just didn't work. You know, Julian Rishwain. You know, the players that were just not Power 5 recruits. Now, you get a guy like Earl Grant in here, and he brings in a few more, and he's able to develop them. That's going to make a huge difference, and you're going to feel that momentum. As BC, you know, is no longer the punching bag of the ACC. They're building up. They're getting better. They're making themselves more consistently competitive. So I agree with um, what this author said. I think that Boston College is a waking giant, that there is this wealth of, of talent that they can dive into and rebuild this program. And if they get this practice facility and this coaching staff does what I think they could do, you know, you're going to be able to see this team become something better. Maybe a team that makes the NCAA more consistently or at all at this point. Um, I think that's going to be really important for Boston College. So uh, that was just my thoughts on that. And we'll come back in just a moment and we're going to get into the talk about traditions at Boston College. And I saw another tweet and I'm going to get into that in a moment. But before we do, let's go into Built Bars. Oh my goodness, Built Bars. You make me so hungry when I think of you. There are nine delicious flavors including a you know the occasional limited time flavors you gotta check those out too right now they have the coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie salted caramel and double chocolate i think they have strawberry right now which i haven't tried but you know what i've got to get it i gotta get my hands on some of those so there's flavors for everyone and my favorite uh, coconut almond kills it for me um, and I love I love to try the new limited editions. So if you follow on BuiltBar.com, you can find out what they are because they always do some really cool ones. Now, these flavors are, are delicious and they have you know 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. Now, in the middle of the day when you hit that like 2 or 3 o'clock low like I do, this, this is like liquid energy that gets you, solid energy that gets you through the day. So check out BuiltBar.com. And if you use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Again, LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. BuiltBar.com. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. I am the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Please check out my work there. Um, and we also, as I've said, we have a premium service. I really hope if you enjoy my work that you become a member. All it takes is $1 for the first month, $5 for every other month. You'll get free access to uh, to Sports Illustrated's work, uh, SI All-American. You'll get all of their premium work and every other site. And we're going to have a whole bunch of different things that are going on with that. If you haven't done it already, head on over. Sign up. If you have any questions, you can always email me. Now, later this week, we're going to have Mitch Wolf back on again. We're going to we're gonna do a little game together uh, looking at the draft. And I'm going to play it, and I'll explain it when we get there. But it's a little different um, and takes off on a little um, other podcast that I like. So I'll talk to you more about that. But it's going to look at the draft picks in the 2022 class. So check that out. Now, I think it was last week, I was talking about a Twitter handle called ATL Boomer. And he's this that guy that if you're on Twitter, everyone retweets him. He comes up with these lists. And on his lists, you know, he's done he did last week was the one where he left Jeff Halfley off the top fifty, but put in um, you know, Shane Beamer, who hasn't coached. Um, and then he's done, you know, the best pizza place, you know, Pino's one. He did a best burger one. Uh, last week, which I thought Eagles Deli because that's the, what I grew up on. But apparently there's another one, and, and I hear a lot of you guys saying it, so I'm going to have to try that out. I'm, I'd be the first to admit that I'm 
when I hear good burger and you guys are recommending that they have like a special sauce, I got to try, I got to check this place out. So, and the place that they mentioned was Lee's Burger Place in Newton. Haven't tried it, but you know, I'm, I'm all about that. And I, but I love the Eagles at Delhi. Um, I have to admit back in the day, I failed the Eagles challenge. So you can mock me for that. I could not get through a pound of burger and a, and a pound of fries. I think I could now a much bigger eater. Um, back then I just couldn't do it. My wife did it. I couldn't do it. Um, so I, I'm in the, I'm on the wall of losers up there. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about today. Today they had on this this Twitter handle, and I'll retweet it later so you can see it. ATL Boomer said, you know, he went through every P5 school, a Power 5 school, for football and gave their best tradition and their worst tradition. And so, you know, for instance, for Georgia, their best tradition was Aga, the dog. Uh, obviously, he's a cute little bulldog. I love him. I think he's adorable. Um, that's a great tradition to have, right? And the worst is that apparently the fans bark at, at, at kids, which is odd. Okay, so that, I, I get that. So I was interested, obviously, to see what they what this guy picked for Boston College. And his best tradition was singing Sweet Caroline. And his worst tradition was the chanting of We Are BC. Now, first of all, if I if you were just going to throw those two out there, I'd switch them around because as a Boston person, I hate Sweet Caroline and I'm done listening to it at sports games. I it's obnoxious at baseball uh, Red Sox games when you know you go to a game and be and the Sox are down like eleven to three in the eighth inning and you get all these drunk pink hats that just decide to yell that and sing it. I find that stupid. Um, but I also at BC football games, it's not even like as a fan. It doesn't even register really with me. Like you see them do it, and I know the kids kind of get into it, but if you're gonna pick a song right now, and and probably for the last six or seven years that fans get into way more, and if you're talking the students get into, it's that killer song. Uh, somebody told me, my God, the kids go berserk for that song, um, and I would put that way over Sweet Caroline because if you ever go to a game and listen to the kids. And even if you can't get to a game, watch an alumni stadium game when they come back from break, when they do that during, it's usually like the third quarter, I think. Um, the band starts it up. When they're coming back, the kids will just keep singing it without even the music there. They'll just keep going. So I hate Sweet Caroline. I was like, oh God, they put that in as the best tradition. And then the worst, We Are BC. I'm guessing he's probably getting at the point that We Are is, you know, Penn State's thing. And Penn State's a much more historical program than Boston College. So I get that. And I, I, don't, I don't even think that's a great tradition. My biggest issue with Boston College is I'm looking at this going, if, though, if Sweet Caroline doesn't count and The Killers is kind of new, what is the traditions Boston College honestly has? And I really was struggling. Like, so... You know, you could look at them like they do the the patting the eagle um, coming into the game. That's a tradition. They ring the bell at Gasson for touchdowns now. They have that bell that they do. Tradition, but a lot of schools do that. So I don't think of that as special, uh, but that's still pretty cool. Um, they had the super fan shirts, but from everything I've read, they got rid of them. Actually, not everything I've read. They've got rid of, gotten rid of them, and now they're, re, they're repackaging them. So... You know the super fan shirts. I think would be a good tradition to have, um, it, but they got to re. They got to. You know, I think that's a good one for Pat Kraft and his staff to reestablish at Boston College because, um, you know, I don't know if the students are going to buy into it. You got to kind of make them make it feel like it's a tradition, and you know, sell it as like you know the old shirts. I had the gold shirts, so you know, I, I still have mine in my 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 um, 
my office upstairs. And I, I can tell you what happened to my original shirt at another show. Um, if you want me to, um, we'll have to have a vote on that. I, my original BC shirt is long gone, and I can tell you the story on that one. Uh, but you need to sell this to kids. Like you want, if you want half of the stadium covered, and it looks like it's going to be a maroon now. I think the shirts are a maroon. That's got to be like built up. It's got to be like sold at like orientation or like given out at orientation to like, hey, this is what everyone was going to wear to the game. And you got to give it to the sophomores, juniors, and seniors too because they shouldn't have to go out and buy it. Like when they move back in, like what better way to like celebrate getting out of this 2020, 21 hell, hell year than you get your your own, you know, new super fan shirt when you move into campus or you move off campus um, and you register or whatever. So that would be a good one, I think. You know, BC does really lack a lot of the traditions that other schools have. Like, you know, Auburn has like the the Eagle. We tried that. You know, we had Wells and that was a colossal failure. That poor bird was scared of everything. Couldn't do that. Um, You know, you do some of the band stuff. I guess that's okay. Um, But I'm curious. What do you think? Are there there other traditions that I'm just not thinking of that like you're like, oh, yeah, it's a Boston College tradition or something you think that they should do? Hit me up on Twitter. I'll put that. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put up some Twitter stuff next this week. That's gonna get you really engaged. So, I want to know like what what tradition do you love at Boston College, and what tradition do you think would be good to like try to infuse into the school? And we'll we'll hit that up on Twitter on Locked On BC. So that's my thoughts on that. You know, it's a we're a school that has you know it feels like some good traditions, and you know obviously there's other ones like you know kids getting drunk in the mods before uh the game and showing up halfway through it but that's not that's not really a tradition you'd want to you know advertise but um that's kind of our, our the end of our topic there so tomorrow we're going to probably talk more about you know we're going to jump into um i'm going to start my first football positional preview we're going to start on defense this time i'm going to let quarterbacks go to the end of the line this time we're going to start in the defense going to look at each position kind of dive into what each depth chart is going to look like the strengths and weaknesses dive into some some statistics as well you're going to not want to miss any of that this is aj black thank you all for listening and i hope you enjoyed our show if you did again share this with your family and friends make this part of your routine i'll see you all again today tomorrow for another show take care everyone